The Secret Ingredient, Chapter 11, Wednesday and Thursday, Annapolis. The Secret Ingredient. Waking up in Annapolis on Wednesday was a nightmare. I felt guilt, like a yoke of thick metal around my neck. My shoulders and back literally hurt. I sorely regretted ignoring my instincts as a totally sketch guy served up Grace's final cupcake. I also failed to alert her to the danger I knew she was in. All my oversights haunted me. Not only that, but I was despondent, mourning, and thinking about her relentlessly. I was left empty and unsettled. I had a sense that there was something I needed to do. I was still jobless and stuck at home. She wasn't there to be in my videos. I thought about how excited I was on the trip when I clearly saw my life's calling as a traveling cupcake critic, but things had changed and everything felt different. I knew I had to face Kiyoshi and tell him the truth about what happened. The sooner the better. Putting off seeing him was to delay the inevitable, and in the meantime I suffered. I couldn't imagine his reaction. I called his shop and arranged to meet him the next day. That day was stunning in its autumn brightness as a slight breeze rustled the prismatic leaves and the sun's light slanted in a way that gave all the trees a vivid glowing warmth. I took the long way on my walk to Wizards. I needed time to think about how I would tell him and it gave me a chance to bask in the unchanging splendor of nature. I had my earbuds in and was listening to the local radio station. When Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah came on, I paused for a moment. Intuitively, I knew it was a sign, so I listened carefully to the words to see how they related to the undertaking at hand. Something about rhyming Hallelujah and Do Ya had always felt clumsy, even a little juvenile to me. Listening to it this time, I was struck by the parallel between that and the awkward combination of religion with the secular that the song expressed. Then I realized the challenge of delivering Grace's truth to a world so rife with polarization. Yet it was clear in that moment that what she needed all along was an intermediary. When I reached Wizards, I didn't feel comfortable heading to the front of the line to announce my arrival, so I waited my turn. Despite it being midday on a Thursday, there was a sizable crowd. I hoped he wouldn't be too busy. I figured since I was there, I might as well get a cupcake, of course. When I got to the head of the line, the cashier took my order and before I could tell her I was there for an appointment, Kiyoshi looked out from around the shop's door. Hi Sarah, right on time. Grab a table and I'll bring your order, he guided me. I got out my wallet and he said, oh no, it's on me. I'll be out in two shakes. He was as cheerful as ever. Dread oozed from every pore of my body. Just as I turned to find a table, a couple got up and left a two-topper. I took a seat and it wasn't long before Kiyoshi came out, carrying my cupcake and a couple cups of coffee. He placed them on the table and as soon as he sat down, he touched my hand and gently said, listen, I heard. Immediately, the tears welled up and rolled down my cheeks. Oh, Kiyoshi, I'm so sorry. No, no need, dear. You were there for her when she needed someone. His presence, with its air of steadfast awareness and kindness, was so comforting. He didn't seem sad, angry, disappointed, or, well, anything, but just peaceful and wisely aware. But wasn't it my job to get her across the country safely, I countered. You were a participant in her life story. It was her time to transition to the next place. There's no doubt in my mind that all is in right order. 
but she was murdered under my watch. I hear your guilt, but you're not in charge of someone else's death, ever. Moving to the other realms is a matter of the greater cycle. There was nothing you could do. But I feel so bad. You know, I should have gotten her to the hospital sooner. He cut me off. How long was it before you knew something was wrong and took steps to get her help? Just a few minutes, but still, I just feel it in my bones that there was more I could have done, more I should have done. I knew what was being said on the forums. They were stalking her. I even thought that the server at the bakery looked questionable, but I didn't want her to know the extent of it. I was off in La La Land, not paying attention. I was well aware of my realm of responsibility. All is in right order, he repeated. It's normal to feel guilty when you're involved in someone's dying, but it's not your fault. Someone's, especially Grace's, personal death is a matter of something far beyond your mortal capabilities. His words and soothing tone deeply reassured me. It was the same emotion I had when I left the hospital. Making that link gave me an inkling that Grace was somehow with us. The feeling was magnified when he said, People die when they're finished. The synchronicity struck me, and I started feeling better, more secure and grounded. Synchronicity meant God was with me. But why me? Why did I get swept along as a witness to this disgusting show of force? Well, I think you don't know the value you bring. You're what I would call the Yukon Gold in your own way. What? He lost me. My mind went to Scorpio 6, a gold rush. It was the symbol of the day when we were at Sparrowhawk. Let me tell you a story. Hmm, how to begin? I waited expectantly. He seemed both pensive and excited all at once. I used to make the average cupcake. He paused, seeming to consider his next words with great care. But that was before I discovered the Yukon Gold. Okay then, what was that? Catching on a little, my mind raced and my thoughts went haywire. I wonder if he was referring to Ormus and whether he added M-State gold to the batter. I knew that God Force was supposedly super present in gold. I briefly considered that it was compacted light under intense pressure, so tightly squeezed that fusion transformed the ingredients, like a light so bright that it exploded in on itself and metamorphosed into its own opposite, shaping dark matter into our world. I went so far as to think of a new word, sunblight. It's sunlight so bright that it burns, and the ensuing dross takes on that identity in its physical form, but in a smooth, flowing, cyclical, like the flag turning into an eagle kind of way. Then I came back down to earth, and suddenly the truth dawned on me. He was talking about potatoes. I heard him in my peripherals saying, I once used the traditional cupcake recipe of flour, sugar, eggs, and butter. Excitement bubbled up in me when I realized the new start in my life was coming to me with a tangible reward attached to it. Way back, everyone said my cupcakes were good, and I studied the decorating techniques of the masters. Then everyone said they were beautiful because, you know, cupcakes are special in the banality of ordinary life. But to get to the next level, to truly raise the bar, something special was needed. And I was watching TV with my granddaughter one day, and this silly comfort food song came on, and the answer came to me. So are you saying potatoes are the secret ingredient that transform your cupcakes from the conventional to the celestial? Mashed potatoes to be exact. 
They're made using a precise process that I've fine-tuned over the many years that the shop's been operating. Nothing else but Yukon Gold potatoes will do. My face must have shown how ecstatic I was to have the information. Yes, yes, now you know, and you deserve to know. It's because of your love for Grace and the comfort you want to bring to people. You've been home for just a day, and here you are, bravely facing me with your truth. Well, just wow. Thank you so much. I don't know how to thank you, I stammered. You're well on your way along the path of spiritual progress. I think you're at a point of initiation. What do you mean? It's a personal point, a place in the cycle that is transitional and special where you begin to approach your world with a new level of trust and acceptance. Gosh, I can only hope, but you know, I'm so honored to know your secret. I'll take it to the grave and I'll have to think about what's going on with me. Thank you so much. Grace really looked up to you. I'm not sure of all your credentials, but she was convinced about your heart of gold. She told me that first day before you two left that you were going to help her. Yes? Will you still help her? Of course. I mean, what do you mean? I hesitated. Her theory still needs to be told. The book she wrote is an astrological reference book to know the degrees and her website won't last forever. There's a lot more to be conveyed. Are you suggesting that I keep trying to tell people what she thought about the world and the force? Absolutely. For real? That would be a radical change. Without a doubt. As much as you can. She hired you before she died. She has money that can sustain you as you wrap up the basics of her ideas. I'm the one taking care of her estate. I can already see how you would be able to explain her message from what sounds like everyday mixed-up spirituality to its truth, something truly sublime. She never could do it on her own. But why not? She knew it the best. She said it wasn't in her nature. She wasn't a marketer. Her talents were as an inventor and teacher. There are a few people in her various communities who value her work, but without the marketing, the true message couldn't get out. I don't have much experience as a marketer either, I admitted, feeling utterly unqualified. Yes, but with your scientific mind and common sensibility, I'm convinced you'll find a way. You really do have the capacity to bring the message forward. I had beaten myself up over Grace's death. Not only that, but I had suffered more than a couple losses since the pandemic. I needed to hear what was good about me. His confidence in me buoyed me up. I also knew I was ready for something new. On the road, I was convinced it would be traveling for reviews, but I was starting to wonder if that was really it. The online cupcake world can be so unpredictable and fickle. I started to warm to Kiyoshi's idea. At this point, he sweetened the deal and offered to teach me how to make his cupcake recipe from start to finish and allow me free use of it upon the completion of a book on our trip. He warned me making the cupcakes was not for the faint of heart. It was labor intensive and few people have that level of passion. That explained his sister's cupcakes. I was much more concerned about the book. I asked him if he had any idea how I would even begin writing it. He suggested I just tell the story of our trip and intersperse Grace's teachings. She had made it easy for me. So here you have it so far.
the Alpha Omega. Even the thought of dying brings up terror and aversion in me. Yet in the hospital, Grace accepted the idea and was at peace with it. By thinking about her, I sensed her presence in her new state of consciousness. It felt like mirth, wisdom, fulfillment, and ultimately love. She'd say it's the way the Alpha Omega, the three o'clock point, feels. We all get it at various times in our lives. Some of us have it naturally. It shows in the natal astrology chart. But for me, by knowing her, maintaining that connection through her death, I experienced it as what I know is her way. So I understood why the place between the end and beginning is so significant. It symbolizes the whole thing, everythingness. It's also nothingness. There's potential. The whole world is in the seat of that next step, the very first step. The joke happens when we come full circle. All along, there was this drive, a push, to get to where we were going. We thought we were going somewhere, and then we end up back where we started. The first step is like Easter, rising from the dead, where it's realized that the actual end never comes. It's like a spiral, a cone, or maybe a ball, where we come full circle, but to a new level, which catalyzes and identifies the next natural step. The transmutation is a surprise. My new concept of cycle altered what I knew about ever-changing life. It's a point of connection with the Force. I was curious about the symbol for the final position of the Zodiac, Pisces 30, the day before the spring equinox. I looked it up on Grace's website. The Sabian is the Great Stone Face. I discovered via Googling that this is the title of a 14-page parable written by Nathaniel Hawthorne. It's a short read, and the message is on point. The story tells us that when you focus on excellence, you become it. Hawthorne's point is that greatness doesn't look like one piece, wealth, looks, intelligence, or power. It comes when all parts are synthesized, creating a consciousness of love. He encourages developing a relationship with the whole thing. To truly know and become the cycle, one should reflect and interact with it. It takes time to achieve it, but what else are we doing? My experiences with Grace showed me that her philosophy lent itself to a peaceful countenance and the experience of heavenly consciousness, yet in an ordinary, natural kind of way. It was the eagle and the dove, one turning into the other. As such, her work on earth was complete. Somewhere deep inside of me, I heard Strider's baritone, reverberating deeply. Aloha, dear Grace.